Welcome to the SBS Volta Espana podcast with Zwift. Last year in the Volta, we saw Zwift Academy winner Jay Vine come desperately close to a stage win. And this year, another Zwift Academy winner, Neve Bradbury, performed brilliantly at the Giro Donna, finishing 10th overall. Well, it's all about to kick off again. Registrations are open and the Zwift Academy starts on the 12th of September. Importantly, it's not just about elite riders chasing a pro contract. Anyone can take part. The Zwift Academy features six structured workouts over four weeks. And after you've graduated, Zwift will share workout and training recommendations based on your results. It's a great way to find your strengths and go further. So if you want to dive in and start riding with a free seven-day trial, head to Zwift.com. Now here's Christoph and Macca with the SBS Volta Espana podcast with Zwift. Bonjour, bonjour, buenos dias. It's 11 a.m. here in Spain on this uh, Tuesday morning. It's 7 p.m. where my uh, brother from another mother is uh, Dave McKenzie. How are you, Dave? I'm pretty good. And you know what? I'm, I'm actually feeling a little bit more sprightly because behind you uh, are some clouds. I can't believe it. It's been, and it's been two days in a row, my friend. It's been, wow. uh, but it's, what's going uh, on? Weather, uh, end of summer, but it's you, you can't really see, but it's still very warm. It's still 34 degrees. Is it? So it's actually not a nice weather, but I'm not going to, you know, complain too much. Don't worry well, about it's it. Going to be, it's going to be a hot one for the riders because they're just down the road today. Yeah, absolutely. In uh, Alicante, uh, that's the destination for the time trial. Joining us as well uh, today, it's Kate Bates. How are you, Kate? Hi, Christoph. How are you going? I mean, you can't really complain about 34 degrees. I, I can tell you it's still winter here, uh, as my tan would attest to. Uh, so just hang in there if you can, hey? <laughs> yeah. But you know what? Spring is on the way. Spring is what? Next ne- next week? So don't complain. I got zero sympathy for you too, Kate, because you're very north of me. Uh, this is and true. For Christoph, yeah. forget it, pal. <laughs> okay, shall we talk cycling instead of talking weather? You know, yes. this is not the weather channel. Indeed. This is a, your cycling, uh, your cycling platform here on SBS. Uh, Maka, we just going to quickly recap the the stage from uh, uh, just before the race day. Uh, Luis Menges, uh, what a ride! And again, what a ride for this team. Yeah, 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 brilliant. I mean, I'm I'm loving everything about the team. I. I think I think majority of us, it's human nature, but I, I do love the underdog and they're the underdog team, but really not not anymore because they've had so many successes now. And look, for Louis Menkes, actually, it's, it's even better because it's his first World Tour win. Can you believe that? He's finished yeah. three times in the top 10 at the Tour de France. He has finished 10th in the Vuelta way back in 2015, so seven years ago. But this is his first World Tour win. Therefore, it's his first Grand Tour stage win so yeah really happy for him yeah and then kate of course uh we know riders from south africa have already uh, succeeded and we got darry limpy as well uh, uh in mind there's been a, there's been a few successes here but this one is particularly important don't you feel yeah it is and when we say a few very few i mean i think yeah. african cycling is absolutely on the rise uh, also with biniam gomay and his incredible performances at the giro but in so many ways 
these aren't the guys that grew up with role models. Uh, so everything they do becomes, it just magnifies uh, the belief that the African nations have uh, in their potential in these kinds of sports. And it's really powerful. And, and I also think, and Mac, I'm really interested in your view on this too, the way he rides, he doesn't ride with this air of arrogance or confidence as you might expect from a rider who's got so many uh, top tens in a grand tour before. He's there and thereabouts, but he's only had six wins at all in his professional mm. career. This is his first world tour win, never even been on a world tour podium before. I reckon he's got the legs for it. This could be a turning point confidence-wise for him uh, and where he lacked the role models, uh, he's now being one for the next generation coming through. Yeah, you know, you're spot on, Kate. And um, probably I've, I've only interviewed him, I think, once or twice, like uh, probably at the tour, I guess. Um, his demeanour, if I had to put a pinpoint it, probably reminds me a little bit of Chris Froome, a real gentleman, fairly quietly spoken, um, really respectful, you know, as you say. So, yeah, it, it, it's, you know, and everything you said is right. I think um, this this could be a second coming for Louis Menkes. And, you know, he's had a few years where he sort of, he, he was touted as the big GC guy. And I mean, you know, top 10 in the two or three times is pretty damn good. But he was touted probably bigger than that to go bigger and higher. Um, but this could be the second coming. And wouldn't it be cool to do it on the team that he's on um, yeah. in Tamasha, you know, a team that, you know, a few years ago was sort of this small Division Two team running on the smell of an oily rag. And now they are winning big, big bike races. Yeah, absolutely. Let's listen to uh, the winner of the stage a couple of days ago, Luis Menkes. A few top tens and now your stage winner. Yeah, it's uh, something special, I guess. Uh, I think it still needs some time to uh, set in, but yeah, actually I've never been on the podium of a World Tour race, except for team classification. <laughs> so yeah, that was one of my main goals before uh, stopping my career, is uh, to get onto the podium of a World Tour race. You knew you had to break away? Tell us about your plan today. Yeah, um, uh, the last few days... In the mountain finishes, I just was not quite fast enough to uh, keep up with the GC guys. And uh, yeah, then uh, if I don't get the result that way, the best is to go in the breakaway. And uh, yeah, it worked out perfectly today. I was uh, quite lucky. My team controlled it quite good in the start. And I tried one time and I uh, picked the correct breakaway. So yeah, that was good team. In the breakaway, you were confident that you were the best climber? Um, not really. Uh, it was uh, quite a hard day. and. Uh, also, they made me do a bit more work, uh, always closing the gap and accelerating. So I knew I was also spending more energy than a lot of guys. So, yeah, I was not sure I would have still the best legs. But 2.5 kilometers to go, you decided to go solo. What went through your mind in those last 2.5 kilometers? Yeah, I knew it was uh, really hard. And uh, actually, it didn't matter uh, if you follow the breakaway or not. It was just a time trial to the finish. So... You're only the second South African to win a stage at La Vuelta. You know the first one very well, Robbie <laughs> Hunter. What does it mean for you? Yeah, it's something really special. Uh, I think it will really take some time to, to set in. Oh, that's my well done. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. Well done, Louis. Thank you. Yeah, thank you.
And I know we talked about it uh, yesterday. If you if you watched uh, the race they ride with uh, Kino and, and Kate as well, but this team you mentioned it, uh, Maka. We got Rain Tarami here mm. coming to celebrate his uh, mm. his teammate. But there's such a team spirit in this. And I'm not going to say they come out from nowhere, but they are an inspiration for many other smaller team on how and what can be in- achieved. And it's not necessarily with uh, with Euros, Maka. Yeah, it's it's spot on, isn't it? And I mean, we've talked about it before, Kate. It's the Moneyball team. This this is the perfect example of the Moneyball team, you know, and they're, they're doing something so well, obviously, at management level in that squad. And, yeah, they've got a few more dollars now, no doubt, but still there's something in the psych, the psychology of that squad that they're doing really well. Yeah, I have to agree with that. And, and I think they've got a really interesting attitude where, I mean, it. I, he said... When he said, and we talked about this actually yesterday uh, when Keenan and I was whiffing, and I might add, Macca, uh, that I was getting dropped on like a 4% climb. Uh, meanwhile, I'm listening to uh, Louis say he wasn't too confident going up that final climb. And, uh, you know, he, he's about 55 kilos dripping wet. And I was thinking, I don't know how you don't have confidence. Uh, but I think that actually is quite um, indicative of the attitude that they all have uh, in fact, they're so talented, but none of them have a lot of ego or arrogance and it appears to be a little bit more like a family. I always think, though, with these incredible teams and these incredible stories, when they do get bigger and they do get uh, more spotlight, more money, are these riders going to start getting poached? Uh, will they be able to maintain that kind of uh, team culture? And I think that would be a really uh, important and impressive thing if they were able to do that. Yeah, and then, uh, Maka, if we, if we just draw back... Two years look at the performance they had at the giro look at the performance they had at the vuelta last year they wore the, yeah. the red jersey for can't remember how many days 10 days or something like this but uh this is really like you said is this the work of the of course it's the work of the riders but management behind we know the, the ds we talked to him uh several times but how much work is going behind the scene for that team yeah i mean you can never you know, it's hard to measure it, isn't it? If you, if, if, if you could measure it or if you could come up with the formula that measured that, hey, we'd, we'd be worth some some dollars ourselves. <laughs> um, it, you know, it's hard to pinpoint it. But momentum is a big thing, isn't it, Kate? And this team has had momentum for two years now and they're in their sweet spot. And that sweet spot is still going. And, and obviously, Biniam Gourmet has, has really helped that along. Uh, Alexander Kristoff has been a big part of that as well. That sweet spot will end at some point, and it doesn't mean they'll 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 then you know fade away into the distance and be nothing. I'm sure they're going to be around and be successful, but they've had a two year sweet spot here, and you've just got to milk it while everything's going so well, don't you? You really do. And 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 there's a saying that escapes me now, but you know someone wins, and it it, it grows confidence within the squad. And, you know, someone keeps winning on the team and everyone then lifts themselves up to that level. And that, I think, is what is happening at this squad. Yeah, Yeah. and Maka, a couple of nights ago when we were talking about Jay Vine, we were talking about, uh, you know, how Australians, they have to commit because they're going so far from home and, uh, you know, it's a bit of a phenomenon amongst the Australians that they're known for being so tough overseas. But I think we can apply the exact same thing uh, to the Africans that are coming through uh, because a lot of them have a really similar kind of tenacious attitude and they do become family uh, because they leave their families on so many occasions. Uh, so I love watching it in the same way that I loved watching Kubeka 
rise and I'd love to mm. see them back in the world tour um, soon as well. And, look, by the way, Lotto's going. I mean, they're going to be making room for uh, some Ooh. team up there. So. Ooh, you're calling look, it, you're calling calling it, it now. Got <laughs> Yeah, you know what? I'm going to call it now because I, I think that um, they've been on the precipice all year and uh, yeah. somebody's got to go. Somebody's got to go. Yeah. But if I we call it, right. if we call it, if Lotto's got to go, is Caleb staying? That's the next question for the well, he, for the for the end of the season. The inside word is he is staying. He is staying. Okay. But I don't think it'll be a major issue for them. As in, I think they'll get the wild card starts that they need, which is obviously the two is the big one. And I think they'll because they've been this long-standing team. I think they'll get the wild card. Starts, but um, gee, we're digressing a bit there. So just let's, a bit. Let's wait until we, let's wait like, until we get kicked out, shall we? I, I'm like, a, I've got a button here to cut you off if you go a bit too far. <laughs> uh, anyway, let's move it. Not only are you calling it, we're, we're, we're talking about how the next twelve months is going going to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not like there's a grand tour to talk about in the next few days. You know. Uh, let's talk about Jevine because you you mentioned Jevine, uh, uh, Kate here. Jevine in the polka dots. It's a, you know, it's a thing of beauty. Let's listen to him on this interview. Yeah, um, quick step. Uh, weren't having any of it. I've been getting in the breakaway today. So, um, yeah, my job was to make sure that no one dangerous like Pino or uh, Soler or something like that went up the road to take more points from the Cam jersey. Um, and yeah, every time I kicked or followed, we uh, shut it down. So yeah, I um, yeah, wasn't able to get the move, but we were able to get two riders up the road. Anyway. And your teammates took a maximum of points, and that means the Belgian team has now the top three spots in the KOM classification. Was that expected? Well, I did say at the start of the day that it, holding this jersey wasn't just an individual effort. We've got the whole team that's uh, sort of rallied around keeping the jersey. And um, yeah, we came in with a plan that even if I wasn't to take all the take the points today, that we wanted to make sure that we didn't uh, give away you know 21 or 31 points for free to someone. So yeah, they worked really awesome today, and um, yeah, it was a team effort. So now the joke with your wife will become reality. You will ride the time trial with the Porcello jersey. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty exciting. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Me too. I love it. I know. I love that jersey so much. But uh, Maka, we, we, we talked about it uh, before as well. There's a maturity in that team. Let's remember, it's the team of Mathieu Van der Poel. It's a team of Team Merlier. So the success are there. They know how to win. So the target here, correct me if I'm wrong, but target is for Jevine to be in Madrid in the Polkadot. There's no other target so far other than probably stage wins more. But the jersey target is there for, for that team. Yeah, massive. Yeah, absolutely. That that that's the number one target. They've got two wins. I mean, he's he's correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but single handedly he's delivered for the team um, yep. in terms of results. So, yeah, and look, there's every chance he'll get another stage win along the way. I mean, he's he's delivered two in the first half of the race. So, um, there's I don't know if you guys have looked. I had a quick sneaky peek forward to the very end. There are six more mountaintop finishes, yep. believe it or not. Six. Yep. It's crazy. Six more and one other mountain stage. So mm. I, I give Jay a big chance of capturing another stage win. And I think he's, you know, 
we don't want to count our chickens, but I no. think he's in a very strong position. To win <laughs> but the let's. Win. I'm counting them. Yeah. Let's count them. Let's well, stuff yeah, at least one them up. At least one them up. We can start Ex- by running yeah, them up with counting later. Let's lay yeah, a few mean, eggs. Um, Maka, um, Rob Stannard went pretty well last night for Alperson. He was in that uh, front break. It gave me a little bit of excitement because I thought – He's been top five in stages uh, before at the Vuelta. It seems to be the race that he really steps up. I'm wondering if maybe he can uh, kind of get a bit of that mojo from Jay and perhaps go in a break uh, on one of the mountain stages to come. Yeah, no, you're spot on, Kate. And I think, look, he was probably totally inspired. Well, I had two in the break, didn't they? So from Alpacin. So, and it goes back to what we say about Intermarché. When, right, when someone on the team is getting huge success, it buoys and lifts the whole team. And you could see there, and there's almost a bit of responsibility from your other teammates to say, well, actually, we can't let you or we, we shouldn't let you be the one, the one and only getting the results and carrying the team. We've got to do our part as well. So spot on. And, yeah, Rob Sanard will put himself in the mix, I think, again. Because when I say six mountaintop finishes... They're not not all of them are, you know, mountain stages per se. There are a couple of sort of smaller. They're summit finishes, I should say, I guess. So mm-hmm. I think one of them surely will suit suit Rob. Yeah. Uh, talking about uh, synergy and and uh, you know wanting to win at all price. Let's listen to this from Matt Peterson. What place in the time trial do you target to win? It's it's a good target. Exactly. Thank you very much. There's no bigger targets. Uh, I mean, pretty direct. Uh, Maka time trial uh, tonight uh, on SBS, of course. Uh, it's a it's a 30k, uh, I think, uh, time trial uh, towards Alicante. I mean, uh, let's very straight answer from uh, from uh, Matt Peterson. Very straight question for for me. Yes, can I? Kenny. Kenny. Yeah, can I? I might just reenact it, uh, Mads. Um, would you like to think about that? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, he didn't. He didn't think a lot about it for too long, did he? He's um, was he taking he, the Mickey though? I don't know. Like, no, I think he's, he's pretty. He's a man of. He doesn't say a lot, and we saw in an interview two, three days ago. I mean, he got a bit short with the with yeah. a couple of the questions, but he's pretty. I mean, the Danes are pretty straightforward. <laughs> they don't beat around mm. the bush at all, do they, Kate? They're pretty. You know, yeah. black and white. So it's. I mean, we know he's on good form, but I. I I wouldn't pick him for a 30K pancake flat time trial. Um, not against the likes of Rowan Dennis and Ivana Poole and even Ethan Hater. Like there's quite a few yeah. good time trialists there. Um, but I'll also, Macker, I question the wisdom of him even going for it if he's serious about the green jersey uh, because four, four sprint stages coming up, uh, Sam Bennett is still hanging in there. Um, yeah. But I, I wanted to... No, actually, Maka, you've spent so much time in Spain. Um, what's the wind like in Alicante? Because they spend the last half of the 30K time trial on the flat across the seaside. Well, like, is that, does that come into it much? I do, but right now I'm in Melbourne and Christoph, yes. you're, you're, <laughs> you're about 120K away. So what I, I I don't know. Let's say, let's say, this time let's of the year, say, I don't know, uh, Christoph. Let, let, let's say uh, I've put a bit more product on my hair today. 
to be to the ticket. So. <laughs> okay, so it's windy. Okay, it's there you go. Windy. Yeah, windy. It's a bit windy. <laughs> uh, yeah, because that'll suit um, Pedersen more definitely if if it's a little bit gusty. But um, he's either feeling really good or he's feeling a little bit funny ahead of the rest yeah. day. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> uh, you talked about uh, Remco Evenepoel. Uh, he's the leader of uh, of this bike race. Uh, he's gonna do the time trial later on today uh, in red. Uh, let's listen to him straight after the last stage before the race day. No, not at all. Uh, so you never know how the legs will be on the final climb. I mean, there are always like these 10 second bonifications and uh, Primoz is also a really strong time trialist. So uh, I didn't want to risk to, to lose time and even um, take more time with the bonifications. Uh, of course, it's a pity. Um, um, I think I was three times uh, the strongest climber, so then it's always a pity to not win a stage. Uh, but I have Tuesday to try. I'm gonna go full gas to take some more time again. That's uh, the only goal I have on Tuesday. But first, uh, let's enjoy the rest day. I think uh, the team receives a 10 out of 10 for uh, this week. I hope you guys uh, agree with me. Um, so yeah, I mean, the team, did, uh, the team was exceptional. I mean, it's uh, it's in, in, impressive what they, what they do for me. And uh, now we're gonna really enjoy the rest day in good weather. So maybe we can lay a bit on the beach and then uh, and then the other, the other guys can have a rest day again on Tuesday. But for me, it will be a, a very important day. Sorry? Ah, no, I don't do it because I have to be as high as possible for Tuesday. That was uh, Remco Evenepoel. So one thing we know, he's, he's not going to grow a moustache. Well, he's still too young. He can't, he can't physically can he? grow That was my question. Can yeah. he even grow a moustache? You know? no. no, he blames but, it on aerodynamics, I, I reckon. Garbage. That's a car. Yeah. The, the, and we said it yesterday again in, a, in the race they ride, but the maturity Remco Evenepoel is displaying. And Kino made a very good point on some of the, the, the interviews he's done after the win. He's not telling us about his team. He's telling his team about his team and how he's basically got a really good role and he's playing this sort of leader. You can see this at such a young age. Yeah, he's spot on. And I was thinking exactly that through that interview then. He is, he's showing maturity. A 10 out of 10, I hope you agree with me, saying to the journalists standing there. Um, and I agree with him. They are a 10 out of 10. And there was there were a few whispers um, you know, four days ago that he maybe didn't have a strong enough team to support him over a three-week tour. I thought it was garbage, and I think the proof is in the pudding now. Mm -hmm. The question mark, I still... He, he's in the box seat, no doubt. I don't think the three of us will, will disagree with that. But it's the third week. I, I keep saying the third week. Remember Simon Yates, Kate and Christoph in the Giro a few years ago? He was winning stages at willy-nilly. And no one was going to beat him. Four days to go, he lost about, I think, 30 seconds on a little uphill finish. And then Chris Froome unleashed this massive attack. And by the Giro's end, that was three days to go, by Giro's end, he finished 10th and he lost about 10 minutes. Mm. Yep. Yep. So I'm not saying Avenipole will, but I just think, you know, I've wised up. Let's just say I've wised up. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he's not cocky either. There's no ego in the way he's talking about it. So no. I think while he's feeling really good, I think he probably knows as well that 
anything can happen uh, mm. in this kind of race. And they're all so young. Like, yeah. look at some of the contenders up against him. Um, Maka with Ayuso, he's what, 19. 19. Like, holy mm. moly. Yeah, Rodriguez, now, 21. Exactly. They're mm. all so young. I think they can only come in so well prepared, but they don't, they, they can't honestly know their bodies well enough to know until it happens. And then yeah. the next time they'll literally be a year older. So it'll be yeah. completely different again. So I reckon that's kind of the fun of watching these young riders is that uh, it's like sitting back with popcorn. Like you yeah. can never be quite as sure. They're never quite as reliable mm. as the older hands at it. Well, one thing in the, in the Vuelta, and correct me if I'm wrong, Maka, but uh, Vuelta Giro is where we see new winners. You know, at the Tour de France, it's very rare we see new winners of stages. We see people are they a bit more confirmed, a bit more experienced at winning stages. But at the Giro, at the Vuelta, we see newcomers. We see a lot of younger riders, or even less young, but newcomers, new first wins. Is that is that a fact, or is it just a, a wrong impression I'm getting? No, I think it's I think it's true. I think you know, even Pogacar, his breeding ground ground was the Vuelta. So we yep. knew he was going to be good when he first won the tour. We didn't know he'd win the tour. We didn't think he would. But he'd already had some breeding ground at the Vuelta. So, no, I agree with that. And, you know, the Vuelta is dynamic because dynamic like the Giro, but in some ways even more so, I think, because slightly shorter stages, um, you've got it's the end of the season or close to the end of the season. It's the third of the Grand Tours, riders that are out of contract are desperate for a result. Riders that have had injuries or illness throughout the year are also desperate for a result. Um, riders that are prepping for the Worlds, uh, are, you know, want to race hard. And then you've got the odd stagiaire or you've got the odd young rider like we're seeing here that we've just talked about. This is their platform to step up. So they're super motivated. So you've got all these different sort of elements yeah. of the race. And I just think it... It, del it really does deliver um, yeah. year in, year out for us. Yeah, absolutely uh, agree. Uh, because we're closing the, this uh, this first stint of uh, I've got the flies on me here. <laughs> because you 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 you're, we're closing the, the the first stint of that longer ish week uh, in uh, in Spain for the, the first week ish again of this Vuelta. Uh, back in Bilbao, I've met with the director of the Tour de France, Christian Prudhomme. Uh, here in Bilbao, that will be the. The start, the grand départ of the Tour uh, next year, the 1st of July uh, 2023, just 120 years after uh, the very first Tour de France. This is incredible to, to see you here. Bilbao is all in red today. But are you already dreaming to see Bilbao in yellow next year? Uh, anyway, I don't know, but anyway, there will be enthusiasm, there will be passion, there will be huge crowds, as it is today with the Vuelta, of course. We, we want to... to to look after steep climbs, uh, stunning landscapes, the mountains, uh, the sea, and, and huge crowds, of course. When you see the people here, the, the people in the street, they absolutely love cycling, yes. absolutely mad about it. This is good news for the Tour de France next year. Yes, of course, of course, but we know that uh, the uh, Basque people are one of the best uh, one of the best crowds for cycling, one of the best fans of cycling, uh, as it is in, in Belgium, uh, as it is in Yorkshire, and as it is in Denmark. I know that now. Uh, the Tour de France starts 
every odd year from overseas, but two more or less. But that's two years in a row. Uh, is this important for the the grand sign of the Tour de France being even even bigger than the boundaries? That, that not, yes, of course, but that's not the f- first time. It's two years in a row. We had Monaco uh, in, in 2009 and Rotterdam in 2010. We had uh, Yorkshire in 2014 and Utrecht in 2015. So uh, it will be Denmark and, and, and uh, Basque Country and Spain. Yeah. We, we want to go where there is passion for cycling and for the Tour. So we are lucky with that. There are many countries around France that want the Grand Depart. And last question, uh, Tour de France Fam was an, an enormous success. Marion Rouge done an amazing job. The whole team did an amazing job. It was a success on France Television, on SBS. You must be, you know, I saw you there. You were having a good time at the Tour de France Fam. Yes, of course. Uh, Marion, Marion Rouge is just perfect. So uh, we knew that, but it's much better after the race than before the race. She's very, very, very good. And there, there is all the, the ASO team behind her. So I was with her during all the race with other functions and during the tour. But to help her if necessary. But she's just perfect. Thank you, Christian. And I'll let you enjoy the race again. Thank you so much. She's just um, perfect, you know. Uh, <laughs> yes. uh, I'm just taking the monkey here. But uh, the reason why I wanted to play this right now is because we're leaving, or we've already left, but we're leaving, uh, the race is leaving the north of the country. And Maka, you know Spain very well. Like As we said, you've been here many times. You covered that Vuelta many times as well. But when you look at ahead, the Tour de France, I know it's the Vuelta now, but we look ahead. The Tour de France starting in Bilbao, the Basque country, how proud the people here in this region are, not even proud to be Spanish, they're proud to be Basque. Uh, how much of this we will see on our screen next year? Uh, and how much, I mean, we, we can't wait. <laughs> that's, I think that's the word. Yeah, 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 no, absolutely. And, you know, we saw the stage finish into Bilbao. It's had numerous stage finishes of the Vuelta in the past. Um, probably the biggest crowds that you get anywhere on the Vuelta, barring Madrid, obviously the final stage there. And it's the capital, it's the biggest city in in Spain, so that's normal. But you're right, it will be 10 deep, 20 deep, probably the three stages that they have in that Basque region and obviously the starting Bilbao will be massive. And they will roll out the big guns. They'll roll out Miguel Indurain, Pedro Delgado, of course, works for Spanish TV. He'll be there, a former Tour de France winner. Alberto Contador, as we know, works for that other network um, yeah. that we don't like to talk about. Valverde <laughs> might be there as a as a Valverde might be there Valverde as a non rider. I wonder. I wonder. <laughs> as a non rider, you know, imagine that if he's that here as a non rider. <laughs> That'll be really uh, weird. Um, yeah, absolutely. I just no, wanted it to be huge. Yeah, but I just wanted to play this today to celebrate the area because we we are leaving the Basque Country and the Basque Country is a different part of Spain that mm. we are going now, uh, and and it was. Amazing what we had this week all, all around the north of Spain and, and anywhere. Okay, look ahead now of the uh, the time trial that we have today. It's Flatas. It's Flatas. It's 30 kilometers. Uh, will it be, you know, what can we have any surprises in there or is it going to be the Remco, Ruan Denis sort of crowd, Kate? Yeah, I reckon it's going to be the Remco Rowan Dennis kind of crowd, to be honest. I mean, we do have some uh, 
other good time trialists in there. Ethan Hayter is one that comes to mind. Um, Luke Plapp, of course. Uh, we don't know whether he'll be actually giving it a go or using it to get another day of active recovery after the rest day being his first uh, Grand Tour. Fred Wright is also on great form and he's a decent time trialist. Uh, but I guess maybe riders like uh, Remy Cavagna as well, guys, uh, he's seemed to be on pretty good form so far and he might give it a crack. And given that interview, Mads Pedersen, you've got to wonder, Macca, uh, if he knows chance. something we don't, you've got to give him a chance, right? Based purely off the interview. Um, <laughs> I think Roglic will, uh, i tell you what, let's give a top three, shall we? I'm going to say Remco will dominate because he's he's on top of his game at the moment. So I think Remco will win. I think Rowan Dennis will finish second and I think Roglic will finish third. In the so is it the case of, of, mm. of a TT like this for Roglic, a bit of a damage limitation because he's already been, you know, he's already close to what, 2, 230. I can't remember. I mean, let's have a, a look at the, the ranking here. Uh, he is a one minute 53 uh, yeah. behind uh, Remco. Uh, are we talk, already talking damage limitation? Is that what you're saying? Or to Remco, yeah. I yes. mean, he's got to consolidate his podium chances now, I guess, doesn't he, Kate? Yeah, you have to think he does. I mean, it, it's. Is he in this position because he had kind of one rough day? Uh, was yesterday losing even more time, not just to Evanapol, but also to Mass uh, mm. and Rodriguez? Does that kind of indicate that he's really starting to struggle a little bit? We gave him big ups coming into it, thinking like, fantastic, he's back uh, after his bandage bear exit uh, from the tour. But we have to remember that he broke or fractured three vertebra, yeah. right? Mm. It's not... I mean, he may be feeling okay, but there's a difference between feeling okay and lasting three weeks. Like, yeah, it's, it's pretty insane, remarkable really. that he's even yeah. riding. So yeah, I, I personally have no expectations of him. I just, I always feel quite bad for him after every tour and I always really want to see him go well at the Vuelta just because I feel like he deserves it. Uh, and I feel like that again, but I, I don't reckon he'll be anywhere near Remco. I think okay. Remco's on the up and... Primoz is on the down. Yeah, Remco is on the mm. planet uh, Remco, as we can see uh, just here. Mm. <laughs> yeah. uh, Jai Hindley, uh, Maka, we, we know he's not the best time trialist in the world, but he's not the worst. Uh, far from it. So ninth right now is uh, a bit more than 5.38 exactly behind. Uh, do we start seeing Hindley this week? Yeah, he, he, the TT will be about limiting his losses. He will lose time, unfortunately, to, to the to the TT specialists like Remco Roglic, et cetera. Um, but himself, and so too Ben O'Connor, who's just out of the top 10, they both can still finish on the podium, believe it or not, because mm -hmm. it's that third week theory that I'm talking about. Now, they could also drop to 20th overall um, by, by Madrid, but they've got to keep ploughing on here and they've got to keep believing that they are within reach of the podium because if there's a few capitulations, remember Rodriguez and Ayuso, the two young Spaniards, they're untested. They yeah. are untested. So is Remco. So you could see three, four guys, five guys drop below them deep into the third week. So they've just got to push on. O'Connor is proven. He's proven himself in three weeks. And of course, Jai has winning the Giro. So they've got to limit their losses today and then they've got to, focus on hopefully coming good on those six other summit finishes that still exist. 
Yeah, there's still so much at play that can uh, be changed and thrown out of the window here uh, mm. from this uh, from this uh, from this uh, GC classification. Uh, Maka, thank you for joining us. Kate, as well, thank Bonjour. you for joining us uh, on this series of, of podcasts. Uh, the next one is, uh, of course, same place, same time uh, tomorrow on the SBS uh, social uh, platform. And Maka, are you uh, on the mic tonight? I am. I'm on the mic tonight. So 11 p.m. I'm looking at my notes here just so I remember what time to go in. Yeah. 11 p.m. We are live SBS main channel and on demand. And the first rider incidentally goes down the ramp local time 1.52. So you better get yourself down there, buddy. Yeah, well, um, my, my car is already warming up downstairs. Yeah, don't so, get uh... caught up in the traffic, mate. <laughs> the summer traffic yeah. down that coastline is terrible. And don't stop car, the pay. My car, my car, my car. You saw me driving in France. You know, oh, I no, can't French my way any, any, through any traffic. I can oh, French okay, my way. It's true. It's true. It's true. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Thank you. See you soon. Thanks for listening to the SBS Falter Espana podcast with Zwift. After five weeks on the road at the tour and no riding, I'm seriously playing some fitness catch up with Walter Inspiration. To help with my motivation, I've set myself a target of finding a team and getting involved with the Zwift Racing League. Round one starts on the 13th of September and goes to the 18th of October. One race per week for six weeks. Whether you're just starting out on your fitness journey or like me getting back into things, or you're a six watts per kilo monster, you'll find a level of racing to suit. So if you're up for the fun cycling challenge, dive in and start riding with a free seven day trial at Zwift.com and find your ZRL team or register if you're all ready to go by Sunday the 11th of September. Hopefully I'll see you on the start line soon. Ride on.